Robin Sills. Welcome. We just made it in here by the skin of our teeth tonight. Welcome to Medically Speaking. Again, it's Robin Sills by from St. Mary's Hospital. And I thank you all for joining us on this really, really, really hot hot beginning of July, but you know what? I love it. Bring it on. Hazy, hot, and humid is what Greater Waterbury in Connecticut is all about. And if we don't have this, we have snow. So we don't want snow. We want the hazy, hot, and humid weather. But along with the hazy, hot, and humid weather comes a lot of fun outdoor activities and some issues that sometimes need to be addressed. So we are calling tonight's Medically Speaking program Summer Safety Tips. And I was fortunate enough to um, be able to grab from our emergency room our brand new, and I'm going to make sure I get your title right, Assistant Medical Director. Is that correct? I'm the Associate Medical Associate, Director. Associate Medical Director. Close enough. And I ha- So now we're going to do her name. I'm just learning your name. <laughs> Dr. E.J. Akinuli. That was perfect, Robin. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I practiced it all afternoon, and everybody's like, are you sure? I'm I'm not 100% certain, but I I think I got it. And you are an incredible delight and such a wonderful addition to our emergency room. So associate medical director of our emergency room, led by... Dr. Peter Peter Jacoby and I think the legend the legend and I think there's so many um, so many people out in our community that have Dr. Jacoby on their speed dial so just so you know He's going to be sharing your phone number with a lot of people in the community and say, call EJ. <laughs> That's okay. You can, you can put me on speed dial, Put too. you on speed dial, If too. you have him on speed dial, you can call me. I'll share with you. You'll him. share? That's it's awesome. It's an honor to share with him. Oh, and you are such an incredible addition. And I want to talk a little bit about you first. So where are you from? Where, you know, where did you do your training? Well, first of all, thank you, Robin, for having me on this program. I'm excited to join St. Mary's family. I actually moved from Texas, but I did most of my training on the East Coast. Oh, on the East Coast. So I moved to the United States when I was 17. I have the the tilt of my voice to prove that. (laughs) (laughs) And where were you from? I was born in Nigeria. I came here when I was 17, 17. 16, very young. Many, many years ago, but you know, who's counting? We're not counting. We talked numbers a few minutes ago. We're not going to count. And uh, went to undergrad at the University of Pennsylvania, right in Philly. And I went on to Harvard to do a master's in public administration. Went on to the World Bank. I was going to um, worked in economic policy for two years and decided to become a doctor. You're kidding me. No, what I'm led not. you what led you down that? So what was you know, what was the trigger to get you to do that? So it's Wow, that's another radio show. I know, show. that's another show, right? I, I was very passionate about helping people, so I mm-hmm. went into economic development, but I missed uh, I wanted to save the world, and that, yeah. that wasn't happening, so I decided to go into medicine. I was fascinated by physiology and helping people wow. one person at a time, and that's what I get to that's do That's all you day. can do. That's all you can and do. And it's exciting. It's the incredible. best job in the world. I'll do it for free. Oh. <laughs> and you're so passionate, and we love that, because at St. Mary's, we've been so blessed to get so many new young physicians out of school that have chosen to come to the greater Waterbury area. Who would think of it, the Brass City? But we are a magnet at St. Mary's Hospital for some incredible physicians, and you being one of them. Well, thank you. So now, what led you to us? So, went to medical school in Maryland, mm-hmm. went to Texas, trained there, you know, lived in Texas for many, many years, wow. and uh, I was uh, 
part of the Texas College of Emergency Physicians, wow. worked with residents as faculty at Baylor College of Medicine. And then I had a family relocation back to the East Coast just when I thought I would never need a winter jacket as <laughs> long as I lived. Out it comes. Yes. Mm. But it's, it's, it's wonderful. My two children and I talk about summer safety. I have to worry about some of the same things your listeners have to right. worry about, keeping right. my kids safe. So we're back here. We like the East Coast. Oh, we like the awesome. Connecticut area. And you know, oh, Waterbury so is a, it's a great place. I'm excited. I love the population. I've get, gotten to meet many of some of our it's listeners. It's a very diverse meeting. part. Of, it's it a very dis- diverse population. And we are so lucky because we have so many people that have, and like myself, I can tell you, generations we've lived here. And uh, we choose not to leave. We may live in a couple of the surrounding towns, but we are literally a hop, skip, and a jump from our high schools and our grammar schools right here in Waterbury that we all went to school together. And we want to make Waterbury better. I have found that. And actually, amongst several of the St. Mary's staff, people have worked here for 35 years, 40 years. <laughs> you can't get rid of us. <laughs> and they all look 20. So it's Yeah, I don't know about that, but... We were just talking about that, but it's it, maybe it's our water. We should do this on TV. So <laughs> we should. That's see. why. So they could see us. Yeah. <laughs> so we we wanted to bring you here tonight. Number one to introduce you to community and let everyone know that we have this incredible woman now assisting with um, the medical care in our emergency room and directing us to a higher level of care and challenging us all the time, which is really incredible because ERs can be tough. The ER world, they, it can be really tough, and you see a variety of things. And our goal tonight is to keep people out of the emergency room as best we can. And with summer comes so many things. And, you know, I think one of the first things I want to talk about, just because it's hitting us in the last couple of days, is the heat. So what are some of the things you see in the emergency room that are heat-related? So, Robin, that's an excellent question. In the emergency room, we see an entire array of heat-related illnesses, from simple dehydration to fainting to Mm. more severe heat-related illnesses Mm. like muscle cramps and, you know, heat strokes, which are actually very life-threatening. So we see that entire array of heat-related illnesses. And the challenge really is to know when it's it's, you're just a little dehydrated and you need to go into a shade, or when this is more of a life-threatening emergency and you need to come to the emergency room. And it's scary. You know, it's scary because you don't even know yourself if you're dehydrated. I mean, I know myself if I'm in and out of the car all day long and I'm not drinking, I'm not paying attention. Then all of a sudden you feel dizzy. You know, like, geez, when's the last time I drank? People should watch out for those signs of, you know, feeling a little bit lightheaded, feeling a little bit weak, sometimes a mild headache, Mm. sometimes Mm. some mild cramping. Mm. Those are signs to get hydrated and sometimes fluids, preferably with fluids that have electrolytes in them if you've been out and not drinking. So what kind... well, that's an important thing because I think all the time we hear things about sports drinks and we don't know is that something we should be drinking or not be drinking. Is that then some of those sports drinks are a good thing to have on hand? I this would time say of year? so, especially if you've been out in the sun and exercising a lot um, without endorsing any of sports drinks, you need some of the extra electrolytes if you've been sweating a little bit. So you definitely don't right. indulge in too much sugar, but right. just try to get things besides just plain water if you've been outdoors. Oh, definitely. And I think of the children and the elderly, because those are the ones that tend to not pay attention, and we have to watch for them. You bring out an amazing point. I, As in many illnesses, the children, yeah. the elderly, are very vulnerable, but not just the children are elderly. Our population with behavioral health issues, any group of people that for multiple set of either physiologic factors or social factors right. cannot 
regulate the heat. The elderly, for example, mm. some of them on a lot of medications that may change the way their body can um, conserve heat. Right. Some of them do not have a conditioning or cannot call to be able to go to the cooler place. Mm. They may not be as physically active or able to move themselves to cooler places. Right. Children are notoriously, you know, they're running around, they're not stopping to get hydrated. So those two mm-hmm. populations, of course, are, are, are behavioral health or patients with psychiatric problems. Right. That aren't paying attention about. to it. They're not paying attention to this. Any of those people as a community, we need to pay particular attention to them. I remember the elderly may have heart problems right. that complicate having even a minor heat-related illness. So they have other issues Absolutely. that along, you know, along with the you know the heat-related issues. You you know they're compromised, like a diabetic patient. Exactly. For, exactly. for example, and as a community, we need to pay close attention because a, a healthy. 20-year-old will have a very different reaction, different outcome than a 60-year-old, like you said, with diabetes or maybe heart conditions. So if you were, if we're to talk about summer safety along with heat-related issues, what are some of the things we can tell people to help keep them out of the emergency room situation or one of our urgent care centers? So here's what I tell people. First of all, uh, you know, very hot afternoon is not the time to decide mm. to start your marathon training or mm. start your new garden. Right. So walk early in the mornings, later in the evenings when it's not as cool. Mm. Drink lots of fluids, mm. especially those contra- contain electrolytes. You want to wear warm, loose-fitting clothing mm. and sometimes hats if you go out. That's a good point. You want to find air-conditioned places. If you don't have air conditioning, definitely find a church, a shelter, a library, somewhere where you can go keep cool. So those are the big things we tell right. people. Now, how about, you know, if, if you're at a beach? I mean, a lot of people take the opportunity, oh, I'm going to go cool off at the beach, or I'm on vacation, but it's, you know, it's really, really hot. But they're sitting in that sun, and they can get so dehydrated just sitting there sweating, and they think they can go into the water. But And we're going to talk about water safety in a minute, but that's not how you cool off. That's not how you bring your body temperature down totally. You still need to be hydrated. I And I cannot emphasize hydration enough, and especially in the beach. You know, right. some people... This consume large amounts of alcoholic beverages. So when I say hydration, preferably non-alcoholic beverages. But um, sometimes our sense of thirst may not Mm -hmm. be as sophisticated as we want it to be, and we may lag behind. So definitely um, keep hydrated and try to keep out of those very hot areas in in the afternoon. If you must stay in the beach, no strenuous activities during those times. And I know, you know, being a nurse myself, I know one of the things we always try to do is make sure we check in on our elderly people if they're yes. they're by themselves and they're alone because you know they may not have the air conditioners or anyone to put the units in for them which is scary you know there's so many people out there in these hotter homes that don't have the central air a lot of the older homes in greater Wadbury don't have central air conditioning and you know they may be on diuretics or right. fluid pills and like I mentioned earlier a lot that's of a medical tough balance. illnesses it is a very tough balance you in know? general as a society we should check on our older people but especially during the summer I cannot over that's a really good enough. point though with the diuretics what does someone do if that is what you say somebody has a history of congestive heart failure or something mm-hmm. like that and they're on diuretics but it's a hotter time of the year 
they should be checking with their physicians on that? I would say check check with your physician. And given the fact that you cannot regulate your heat or consume as much fluid as you need, then definitely try to stay cooler indoors, would be my advice. We kind of dabbled on the fact that we're sitting at the beach and we're hot. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago. We are not at the beach right now. No, we're not at the beach right now. At the WATR station. We are, you know, everybody's going to the beach. No, we aren't We would love to be at the beach. We would love to be at the beach or next sitting, time or sitting by my 55 and older community pool that i have now she just gave her age people. i know that's okay i always do <laughs> i always do but um we're talking about being at the beach and there's so much to be worried about and i know years back when i worked on the floors and i worked on the orthopedic and neurofoil we always worried about this time of year for a few big things diving accidents motorcycle accidents with head injuries. So we're going to go talk about some head injuries, but I want to talk about water safety because that seems to be the number one sport, if you want to call it a sport or activity, that people tend to do in the summer that they don't do as much other times of the year, you know, thinking that they don't have a pool or they live in a climate that has year-round beautiful weather. Here in Connecticut, we do not. So this is the time of year we're definitely going to the beaches. So what are some of the things that you see in the emergency room that we can try to prevent? Well, Water-related injury is a major cause of injury-related illnesses, especially in young children in the United States. Leading cause of injury-related deaths in young children. Very painful when that happens. As a physician and as a mom, heart-wrenching, really. never oh, You never forget about it. So here's a couple of things. First of all, learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. And I say this with so much passion as someone that learned how to swim mm-hmm. at the age of 17. Uh-huh. Learn how to swim. Take a class at a local YMCA, a local gym. It's a life skill. Teach to, water safety teach early. Teach water safety very, very early. The second thing is, if you are going to indulge in water sports, limit the amount of alcoholic beverages or discontinue alcoholic beverages because we see a strong correlation between some of those accidents and the consumption of alcohol, which impairs your judgment. The third thing is, if you're going to go boating or in a raft, you want to have an appropriate life jacket. I cannot emphasize enough that we have to supervise our children around waters and pools. It takes a split second sometimes. Definitely. You want to learn CPR, so mm. should you have a drowning accident, you can perform CPR, especially the pa- everybody in the community and there are resources out there for learning CPR. And the last thing is, should you have a pool around your house, you want to have a fence so people, especially young children, cannot go right. to it. But those are the big things about water safety. Learn how to swim, learn water skills, wear life vest as needed. Reduce alcohol when you're out participating in water s- sports. Cause and that, watch your kids. And watch your kids. That's a watch your kids. Watch your kids. You know, and you know, I remember when my kids were young. My husband and I were really young when we had our kids. And what we used to do is we always had a tag team. So if he wanted a few minutes then I would take it or my mom would take it or my dad would take it. You know, we would always make sure one of us was on duty with the kids. My husband and I call it line of vision. Line so of we vision. Will check line of vision. Can you see them? And then right. we'll have a callback system to make sure. And you never know, especially at the beach. The beach is so tough. Exactly. You know, pools are one thing. And, you know, I always panic about a pool. My poor kids had stripes on their arms growing up because I had the swimmies on them, even if they weren't in the water. So they had, you know, the poor things, they didn't have tan, they had tan lines around their arms but you know 
just in case they fall in or they, you know, are in an area that they don't know the depth of the water and you're not sure. But, you know, at the beach, you don't know that undertow. There's just so much to look for and you just need someone watching them. And, you know, accidents will happen and parents work very hard, but whatever we can do right. to really reduce those accidents. Um, have you seen Have you seen many pool accidents or anything yet? Well, thankfully, I have not seen any drownings since right. I came here a month ago. I did. I, I have seen several drownings in my career, and none of them ever leaves you. No, it doesn't leave you. Every single patient, yeah. every single child, I remember like it's yesterday. So, it's so scary. And, you know, that brings up a good point, because when we talk about summer safety, we tend to focus a lot on kids, because there are so many things that we as parents have to pay attention to, you know, t- just talking about the heat, you know, watching your children with the heat. And then talking about water safety, we are focused around kids because we as adults need to be in charge of them and we need to make sure that they're safe at all times. And one of the things that just recently passed was 4th of July. (laughs) So, you know, it's a little late to talk about safety in regards to fireworks, but... Now that you're a little bit newer to the greater Waterbury area, one thing you should learn is it seems that we have fireworks every weekend. Right, Johnny? I speak the truth. We have fireworks going off every weekend throughout the month of July. People just seem to not be able to let go of the 4th of July. So when I talk firework safety, truly, it lasts a month around here, if not longer. So I I recently saw something in regards to sparklers with kids. And, you know, what are some of the hints you can give? As an ER physician. My 11-year-old daughter, amongst (laughs) other things, told me, you're too paranoid. The fact that you see things all the time doesn't mean it's going to happen to us. So... But I, I get paranoid because yes. I see a lot of firework-related injuries. I worked the 4th of July, and lo- thankfully I didn't see any Thank this year. But um, it's simple. It's actually pretty simple when it comes to fireworks. Don't do it. You have professionals Leave for it to the reason. professionals, right. Leave it to the professionals. You don't, I guess some people fix their cars, but you generally take right. your car to a mechanic. Right. There's some do-it-yourselfers out there, God bless you, <laughs> but you know, you generally leave it to the professionals. So please leave fireworks to professionals. I've seen countless terrible, very life-threatening firework injuries in my career. The second thing is if you must do fireworks, please keep them away from the children. Just right. have them in the house or in a safe place. Third thing is if you decide you absolutely must do them, have a fire extinguisher. Sounds really simple. You don't even think about that, right? Have a fire extinguisher. Some way to put the fire out. And don't let people you like or people you don't like, anybody, (laughs) around your fireworks and just limit the damage. But um, it's safe, simple, but we don't think. We think yeah. that we're infallible. You know, we, we can do, do that. And accidents happen all they the do. time. And fireworks have, they have, when you go to, I, I love fireworks, going to watch it, you know. Right. Have it with professionals doing it. But when individuals decide to do fireworks, it's really a recipe and for And if you're going to go somewhere. Around it. And I, you know, I think back to when my husband and I were young. We had a really good friend who wanted to do fireworks. And here we are sitting with our kid, letting him do fireworks. And I think how close my children were to where they were shooting off those fireworks, keep the children a safe distance. Keep the children a very safe distance. So I uh, I have a funny 4th of July story. So I was working the night of 4th of July. So I, you know, being right. a, an ER doc, getting right. ready to work the night shift, I just wanted to get some sleep right. before my shift. 
To which my children said, Mommy, come on, be a real American. <laughs> Forget about sleeping. Go see fireworks. the fireworks. So I went to see fireworks um, oh, just before so going on the funny. night shift. That's and so um, I remember just thinking, move back. Let's move, move further back. back. Let's have a yeah. safe distance. Right. Because something can happen. Exactly. Even if a professional is doing it. Even with a professional. You know, safety first. Keep a safe distance. You're still going to have a beautiful view. You absolutely. do not have to be right at the center. Well, and, you know, case in point now, we shoot them off. I don't know if you realize, right across from the from St. Mary's at Holy Land, that's where they go off now on the 4th of July. And it's up high, and it truly is a safe distance. So everyone in the neighborhood surrounding Wadbury can actually see them, which thanks to Amir O'Leary, he uh, started doing that a couple of years back and I think it's astounding I mean I could actually see them from prospects so we were able to even see them there so what a it's pretty neat but it's pretty it's pretty safe distance as long as you go up to Holy Land just stay down off the hill you know you're definitely a safe distance they um, actually had people in the um, mall area you could see them from there so you could go in the parking lot but it's so true I mean you don't need to be on top of the fireworks no no. They're meant to be, you know, shot by the professionals and definitely leave it to the professionals. But there was a story recently about sparklers. And those, I don't know if you're familiar with the sparklers. Those are little um, sticks of fireworks that they used to let kids hold. But now they're even telling the kids not to hold those because I think the way they're being made, they're just a little bit more powerful than when we were younger. So kids are getting burned. I, I haven't seen a lot of sparkling. Yeah, I'm injury, saying you're new to our area, right. Definitely something I did not see too yeah. much of in Houston. But sounds like something I would no, not let you I, I play think with. right, definitely. Don't even let them hold the sparklers anymore. No. It's just not worth it. Worth it. it it's definitely Do the YouTube video and let them watch what it looks like. Let them watch. <laughs> absolutely, let them watch it. Now, what I'd like to try to do is um, we'll take our quick break, but I'd like to come back and talk a little bit um, about helmet safety. Absolutely. For both ATVs, which are really big here in the greater Waterbury area and surrounding towns, as well as bike safety, and you know how important it is to have. Helmets, and maybe talk a little bit about concussions and what we look for. Okay. If that's okay with you. So we will be back. We are talking summer safety with our new associate director of our emergency room. I'm going to call her Dr. EJ because it's a lot easier. Um, like we, we will be right back. Thank you. Things on my mind, you got me feeling free. Ooh, 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 
from St. Mary's Hospital here tonight, Medically Speaking, and we are medically speaking about summer safety, and we have been medically speaking with our new associate director, for a medical director for emergency room services, and I'm calling her Dr. EJ because that's easier. I like it. It's like it's, a celebrity. I like name. it. Like a one Dr. EJ Akinuli. I did it right again. Yeah. I did I it pretty like Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. E. Well, that's like, yeah, that's like our gastroenterologist. I call him Dr. E because I always mess up Dr. Samore Day. But I said it pretty good right now. You did excellent. I actually just talked to him a little while ago, so I did that really well, I think. Yeah, he phenomenal. was proud of how I said it. Yeah. You guys keep coming in with these tough names, but that's okay. I'm starting to master it. You have mastered. I'm starting to master it. So we had an interesting conversation about water safety, and which I think is really important, and definitely heat safety, you know, for, for our younger population. And, you know, staying on that same vein, even though mostly kids end up with the helmet situation where kids aren't wearing helmets, and we want to talk about bike safety and ATV safety, and I don't know if you're as familiar with it down in Texas, but here in Connecticut, we have a lot of those all-terrain vehicles, and not only are we seeing injuries in regards to them not wearing helmets, but we're seeing neck injuries and back injuries, and you know, I, I can't emphasize enough to these kids and these parents to just watch what you're doing. They don't even have driver's license, these kids, and they're riding these things. And so there's a lot of injuries with bikes in these all-terrain vehicles. So, you know, maybe some tips of the trade in regards to, you know, your thoughts on it in regards to safety regarding those those vehicles in the hands of children without licenses. So the first big thing, Robin, is if a child is not old enough to have a driver's license, Mm. they 
probably should not be riding an ATV. Oh, yeah. Well, they are. <laughs> they really shouldn't. So it's yeah, a first safety, so first safety thing. And remember, the kids at this age are really young. They don't have the, they can't make the snap judgment calls. Mm. You need to be a safe driver. So it's right. very hard if to have a 14-year-old or 12-year-old driving an ATV. Some of, some, of those, some of the big accidents I've seen in my career come from those. Do they really? Yeah, just younger kids. Everybody should wear a helmet if they're driving mm-hmm. an ATV, not just kids, but adults. Yeah. And now you have to remember that ATVs do not have all the safety mechanisms you have right. in a regular car. Right. So they're not meant to be driven on the pavement. They're really what, you know. Meant, meant to be driven on the back roads. Exactly. So when you take those vehicles or right. on the pavement, you risk having more injuries and more accidents. Mm. So those are the big things. I would say have people old enough to have driver's licenses. They should wear helmets and should be driven on back roads on the back roads and you know even even at that on the back roads what scares me with that is that there's nobody monitoring the terrain that they're on you know so there's rocks there's you know so how many times or or they're on a terrain where it may be they'd fall off an area that they're unsure of where they'd fall into a ditch and and fall off of the vehicle themselves but we see a lot of kids in this area riding those on the back roads and they the kids fight their parents i want one i want one i want one and the parents give in but if you're gonna go down that road supervise well so here's what i tell parents and this is me being just a mom there is no case report in the united states of a child dying from crying yeah there you go that's multiple right. case reports of a that's child right. dying from atv accident yeah. if that case report comes i would like to be oh, unbelievable. so that's what i tell pa- parents and you know there is that genuine pressure from your children but safety oh, yeah. first and the same with bikes same with bikes and although i mean kids ride bikes but they need a helmet something else going back to atvs if adults must ride atvs mm. same thing with swimming no drugs no alcohol uh-huh. because you impair your judgment. We see a lot of those, and That's it's so not true. any safer because it's right. It's not a regular vehicle, and right. definitely have reflectors and have people be able to see you. At oh, that's night. a really good point. And reflective clothing too. Exactly. And the same thing with bicycles because oh. you can ride those on the road. Absolutely. And children ride bikes to and from school right. errands, and that's fine. It's great exercise. I'll always encourage helmet right and to ride the appropriate age of bikes if a child is not ready um, right you know for a bike don't just push them along make sure they have the age appropriate and it's not just kids with the with the bikes we have a lot we have a big biking community here Mm -hmm. in waterbury and um, we have a lot of triathloners from our y a ton of triathloners so you always see them riding in the city and the hills of waterbury are really challenging but they're busy roads too here in Waterbury. So one of the things I notice is, is that our professional bikers wear helmets. They know. They they ride safely. But those of us that are recreational bikers don't think that we need them because we're not hardcore bikers. And that's so untrue. That we is, probably are the worst. I would say anybody that gets into a bike. I you know, I drive by people yeah. without a helmet and I want to actually stop right. and say please wear a helmet because you don't you're more prone to concussions and severe brain illness um, <laughs> you know skull fractures a lot of life-threatening illnesses if you're not wearing a helmet same for our children same for adults really and you know it's, that brings up a really good point because I do want to go down the road of concussion that is such a hot topic I know concussions are such a hot topic and one of the things 
um, that I recently was listening to is there is a football player. I believe it was just on. It was just on the news today. It was a football player, and I think he was from UConn, right? He was from UConn, Johnny, and um, he actually how I can't remember how many concussions he had, but he actually quit. Because he had so many concussions, but it was the coach. So where was the coach? Right, and not only are we looking at concussions in regards to um, vehicles, you know, for the bicycles and the and the all-terrain vehicles, but in sports and summertime brings a variety of sports. So you have baseball, you know, and wanting these, making sure these kids wear helmets when they're out there. But when you know, here's the thing: if you're pitching the ball, you're playing baseball, you're pitching the ball, you're not wearing a helmet. So a lot of these kids get hurt. So down that vein of we can't always prevent if you're going to get hit or definitely fall off a vehicle, we can't prevent. But if they're in a sport and they're getting a concussion, what are you looking for in the emergency room for something like that? What are, what are, what should parents look for if they're not sure if it's a concussion? So that's a great question. So concussion, you have different symptoms. And this is what I tell parents very simply. Look at things like difficulties with thought processing. Mm. Is the child having difficulty concentrating? Are they more irritable? Are they having headaches? Mm. Those are some of those things that you worry about. Sometimes some kids may just get more emotional or more sad, Mm. just more emotional symptoms. But you also want to make sure that it is not just a concussion. It's it's not more than just a concussion. Um, So you want to make sure they're not vomiting or just complaining Mm. of worsening headache or one eye, one pupil is bigger than the other. If you're not sure, please bring them to the emergency room. We'd rather check them out. Well, and that's just, and sometimes you're not sure if it's a concussion. Like even if your little one falls Mm -hmm. and whacks their head, you don't, you can't tell. And it's very hard for parents to tell. And sometimes, especially in small children, it's very nuanced. And so we're happy at St. Mary's Hospital and the emergency department to evaluate those patients and put your mind at peace. And sometimes they need some imaging if we're not sure. If you're not sure. How do you, so what is the first thing you look at when they bring the child in? If the child can't really explain? Well, what I look at is sort of time of injury. If I walk into a room, it's always what we say in emergency medicine. When I walk in, what do I see? see what right. do I smell what do I feel yeah. so I walk into a room and the child is bouncing up the exam chair and you know asking to drink some juice and right. not complaining of much then I'm more assured if the child is listless or just so you know not moving much or, or not dazed acting right mm. or vomiting then uh. I'm more worried right of a concussion and more serious illness. Right, and then it's you would do a scan or something. Then you would look. Oh, I might just observe, and sometimes right. people get better. So right. They want to reduce radiation in children. So sometimes right. we observe and see how they do, if they get better. But regardless, especially in concussions. So scary. What to tell a parent, we got to wait and just watch. Yeah. Well, if they're looking bad, we don't wait. But right. If they're looking right. better and the parents say, well, he looks so much better and he's he's looking better. Sometimes right. we just watch because we also want to reduce radiation to our yeah. younger children. So so when you watch, do you have to keep them there in the emergency room and actually watch oh, them Oh, it's the best part. <laughs> Four hours. And then For they run around the ER and climb on our desks and <laughs> give us high fives and we know it's and time then can a parent go to an urgent care center for concern if it's a concussion or should they come to directly to an emergency room? That's a great question. It's, so it really depends on what's closest right, to you. Right. Most of our urgent care centers are capable of handling, handling concussions. Right, because it's staffed by our emergency room it's physicians exactly, and staff, and which is staff, good. And they're willing and able to handle those complications. So it's really just watching them. And then if they see a change, then they can expedite the patient coming to the hospital and having it 
exactly value because sometimes it's tough to say you know we our emergency rooms get so busy I, I th- they get so busy. Our urgent care do a phenomenal job of being able to handle those, and there are several of them in the community. Right. Definitely, we're going to be opening one in Cheshire soon, which yeah. we're excited. I about. think it's too hard for parents to yeah. make those decisions at home. Right, just like fireworks, leave it to the professionals. Well, you know, and then we see these. You know, it's funny. We see these. Um, uh, different marketing pieces out there that say we're a concussion center in our in our emergency room or urgent care center and I'm like well what does that really mean what is that what does that's that really mean yeah concussion those. centers so truly it's really waiting and watching and evaluating the child waiting watching evaluating the trained ER staff know sort of those warning signs that make you think this is more than a concussion this is a more serious brain injury like right a bleed or a small right. fracture. Right. We know those things just by evaluation and exam. And we give you precautions when you go mm. back when home. When you go home to look for. Exactly. And definitely following up with primary right. care doctors so you know and not returning to any contact sports till you're right and, wh- and make sure you're cleared how long would that be like how long do you usually wait after a diagnosed concussion before they go back to any i usually in my practice just send them back to their primary care doctor right and have them follow up because they know the kid everybody right rec- recovers at a certain pace so if i say it one week and you're still having head right. ringing in your ears then you're, right. you're really not ready yeah so a lot of the big concussion experts in the leading literature will say when when you're ready i can tell you because i had a history of a concussion that after my concussion I truly had a personality change for a while I've heard patients yeah, say that. I had truly had a and I had a hard time concentrating and I had a really good friend recently whose son had a concussion and the kids the kid had a hard time concentrating just putting the it came back but it took me a year That's it took me a year that different people recover yeah. at different points and and something else is we live in a society with so much cognitive overload. We do have, co- you're right. It's just cell phones and TVs. Yeah. And it's very hard. Too much, to yeah, there's definitely too much rest. electronics. There's too much electronics. There's I, no rest. I could, could the, not agree more. It's funny because the brain needs to heal, needs to rest because it's been shifted. You know, that's so scary. So scary. It is, and it is for parents and if you think it's if it's your emergency where at St. Mary's in their urgent cares in their right. EDs we're happy to take care of you and evaluate you and put your mind to rest and then give you a network to follow up with right. so you feel like you have the appropriate follow up it's good to know that, that the parent can go to the urgent care center because I do know as a as a parent, you know, or actually as a grandparent with a little one, I think to myself, again. I know, well, it's true, though, and I have another one on the way. But, you know, as a grandparent, I think ugh, to go to the emergency room that's so busy on a weekend, if there is an opportunity to use an urgent care center for something that's going to be evaluation, it's probably a quieter environment than a busy emergency room. So knowing that they're equipped to evaluate that with our emergency room staff is great. I, I completely agree, and we are in the process of revamping our emergency room to create a more, more pediatric beds. I more heard pediatric that friendly environment and actually an autistic friendly, autism-friendly environment in our emergency department. So mm. our community has that to look forward. to. Oh, that's next, awesome for the, the inner next, city for the next year. Oh, that's so, so good. And it's going to have a different entrance too, I believe, right? I, it's going to be great. Yeah, we that's exciting. Yeah, so more to come on that. We'll bring you back when we have that grand opening. Of course, anytime. Because that's going to be a lot of fun. That's that's really exciting. So another thing that comes around during summer safety, 
We have a lot of bugs. We have a lot of bugs. <laughs> so my disclaimer is I came from Houston, Texas, and I'm hearing there are a lot of ticks. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, yeah, you're not as, you're not as familiar seeing those ticks. I, we take them off our I dogs sent, all the time. I sent my kids to camp dressed like Eskimos. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so afraid of a tick, right? Yes. It's so scary. And I know, you know, we talk about the, you know, the mosquito bites and the Zika virus. And, you know, I, I don't want to get off of ticks, but you just told me that you just diagnosed a patient with Zika. I did. I did. Wow. It was a middle-aged female that come back from a, um, a, a trip. South American country on a trip and was having fever, malaise, joints, pain, just sort of those typical Zika virus wow. um, illnesses. And I sent up the test and she was looking better by the time we hydrated her. And she said she felt she could go home. She was not of childbearing age. Right. She was Goodness. a little bit older. And I remember getting the call the next day. So as an ER doc, every time you hear, remember that patient you saw yesterday, your heart stops for a second. Yeah, because, right, because you but want to make sure they're okay. You want to make sure they're okay. You yeah. worry about all your patients. Oh, you absolutely. But she had Zika virus. She did great. She followed up in one of our clinics. Wow. So but how do you treat it? Oh, it's supportive care, right? right? Like most viral illnesses, it's really supportive care. If they need to be in the hospital because they're severely dehydrated, right. etc., you do that. But if they're fine and they're not of childbearing age, then it's less worrisome if they can if they contract yes. it. And so the patients that have been seen are all people that have traveled so far. So far, so far that we're seeing. But how scary is that? It's so scary. I know because my daughter's pregnant. So I mean, I I'm like. Mm. Don't go outside after dusk. No, she's not going anywhere. Okay. She's not going out of the country? No, not out of the country. Just to Miami once, but that's it. Okay. For a meeting and back. I think so. So she's good. Yeah, so she's she's good. But it's scary. But also remember, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me, just to reassure members of our community, even if you're pregnant and you get Zika virus, you're just at a higher risk of pregnancy-related complications. It is not a given that you will Will have have a problem. Right. It's... unbelievable that we have to worry about these things in today's day and age but we're learning and seeing so many more different types of insects from people traveling yeah but you know it's a beautiful world out there with I know. The waterbury has become a melting port of people from all over the world and we welcome them here right so we, definitely you know we're, we're excited to take care of a diverse population so we see more Exactly. And we're, we're more aware of things as you have become more aware of ticks. <laughs> yes. We're yes. very nervous about ticks in this area, but I think we were more nervous way back when. Now, if we have a tick, we just make sure that we don't get the bullseye rash and we look for it and we look at symptoms and then we follow up our doctor and, and then we treat follow it. up with your doctor and you can be treated and definitely examine your kids strip them and search them that's what <laughs> i do to my search. kids that's what i do to my kids with since yes, i moved here rip and search we want to make sure that we're looking at everything there you go the poor kids oh my goodness well the kids go to camp around here a lot of the kids go to camp so you know how do you stop the kids so i mean do you have any suggestions for parents i mean I, I, you know some of the the things the lotions and stuff they put on the kids they do have the all natural ones but i mean i guess lather them up as best you can that's what you do you just put box spring before you go home kids don't want to wear long sleeve clothing right it's, it's too hot, hot but as much as you can get slight cut and long sleeve clothing right. and that's really all you can do hats if they're going out and right just Give them a shower when they come back. Yeah, just in check. Yeah, and then just be be cognizant of sort of those nondescript ill, um, 
symptoms yeah, when they definitely. come Definitely. I mean, I think it's so hard, especially because we're inside all winter around here. It's so hard for us to say, oh, you know, don't go out after dusk, don't go up. Well, that's when it's less hot. After, you know, before before sunrise and, you know, just as the sun comes up. But that's when the mosquitoes are out, and it's so hard. Yeah, and you, you know, you still have the mosquito born right. illnesses to worry about. But, you know, it's at some point, kids just have to be kids, and you just right. take those precautions. And then you treat them. And you treat them. The, the best that you can. Exactly. You know, the best that you can with the kids. You know, do not forget, I mean, like for mosquito-borne illnesses, we still right. have a lot of uh, huge population traveling from sub-Saharan West Africa. Mm-hmm. You have malaria. So if you've traveled and you're not feeling well, we definitely welcome you to come to one of our, see your primary care doctor, go to the emergency room, go to the urgent care, gets checked out. And you know what, too, which a lot of people don't realize we have, we have at St. Mary's a travel clinic. We have a tra- travel clinic that's run by Dr. Sims um, at St. Mary's Hospital. He's excellent. Oh, he's the best. Oh, my gosh. I've known Dr. Sims since I was in nursing school. All I remember Dr. Sims saying to me when I worked in the bacteriology department, I'm coming down, save the bug. <laughs> he's so funny. But he definitely um, will help educate people. His whole team um, will help educate people on travel and what they can expect and what they should be vaccinated for. So if you are traveling. Well, that's a great idea. You know, it check in. Yeah, check in with the travel travel clinic and the travel clinic at St. Mary's. You can find it on our website, stmh.org. But, you know, go on there and they can definitely, you know, talk to you, set up an appointment. It's covered by insurance, you know, about what to expect, where you're going, what you're going to need, because you don't even really know what shot you might need. And the second thing is, you know, the CDC guidelines are ever changing. Right. So you do want to go to a travel clinic because they're up to date with the latest recommendations. For different types of vaccines, because you don't know what's happening in a particular country. And that changes. And we have so many kids in um, in the surrounding towns and the community schools that are traveling with their schools. And all they think they need is a passport. <laughs> you definitely yeah. need to check. But you need to check in with the travel clinic. You, do. you know, even so, you know, really good uh, pediatricians and physicians will, you know, refer you to a travel clinic to make sure that because they do have the latest information. But we encourage travel kids open up their world to greater horizons oh, seeing the world or seeing the country or seeing the that's how they area bring stuff back them. to us absolutely going on field trips not not just internationally but to dc or to right. wherever so we definitely encourage that definitely. oh yeah definitely so we've touched on a lot of topics for for tonight in regards to summer safety but there was definitely one little piece i wanted to talk about and you you, you started to laugh you said i'm from texas we didn't mow our lawns would you have dirt down there <laughs> But one of the things we see around here, which is really scary to us, is um, lawnmower accidents. And not only from push mowers, but right on mowers. And it can happen with um, the men or women that are mowing their lawn, but also they put the kids on these right on mowers. Or we have young kids helping their parents by cutting the grass. I don't know if you've witnessed or seen anything in the emergency room in regards to lawnmower accidents, but you know, I wondered if you could throw out a couple of things to people just to give them the heads up to ensure that they really be careful. I've definitely seen some pretty bad especially foot injuries or toe injuries from lawnmower accidents and um, I would say like everything else like I mentioned for the ATVs this Mm -hmm. is it's I I encourage kids helping their parents but perhaps find another way for your children to help you and not a motorized vehicle so you know keep protected wear sturdy shoes right 
um, be safe. Definitely not the children helping with this. With the big, yeah, with the with the big machinery. Exactly. <laughs> Even the ride-ons and avoid, you know, also watch out for like rocks or stones because sometimes you can have some of those things that are moved around by the lawnmower. That's a really those good point. Sh- even as adults, we should be wearing protective eyewear. You should. Right? You should. When protective you're doing shoes, it. protective eyewear. You know, it's it's funny when I've worked out in the yard and I'm helping to trim. Now I don't have to do that anymore in the 55 and old community. Just saying. But when I when I lived in... Are they selling my, pots? Yeah. <laughs> you got a ways to go. But when we would work in the lawn, sometimes I was too lazy to change my shoes and I'd have my flip-flops on. Do you know how many of us in this area do that? And I can't tell you how many times. We've seen bad I've lacerations, got, oh. amputations. Oh, you don't even think of that, but what you're using those, you're using those tremors and you know, they can whip at your toe. Exactly, I've seen so many of those. And ones. your legs too. So wear longer pants. Wear long pants, wear protective eyewear. Yeah. Definitely keep the children away. Get them to do some work in the house to we help because we want to encourage our children to help. We do. And but I think we're so silly to put them on those mowers with us. I, I could not agree more. It's just so silly. It's just a setup for disaster. disaster. You could hit a bump, the baby can fall off, or the little one can fall off, and it's just so dangerous. It's just not. And the kids, especially little boys, they have such a fascination with the tractors. Oh, God. I know my grandson, who's going to be two, he has such a fascination with trucks and tractors, and, you know, which brings up another summer safety tip that I wanted to share. And this one isn't really in, in what we had earlier talked about, but we've had um, issues here where parents don't see a child behind them maybe playing. And so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that and about safety of, of motor vehicles and children playing. Well, so for motor vehicles, and that's always sad. It's one of the saddest things that could ever happen to a parent or any adult mm. if you don't see a child and you run them over. Um, now with the backup cameras, I know newer vehicles, but we not well, every car has that. Not every car has that. And so one of the things I tell parents was a system I had with my husband. It was a, if there is a child within sight mm. when you're backing up, you need to visualize that child mm. at the moment you back up. Mm. So you need to see that child. Right. Not just think you saw them a minute ago. Right. To physically see them. They've cleared the line of sight of the car. They're standing somewhere else. Somewhere where they cannot run to the back of we're the car. We're always so, and we're in such a hurry. Yeah. We're always it's, in it's, such a hurry. It's tough, but you need to see them standing right. at the porch, at the steps, before you back yeah. out. And then back out slowly. So if there is a problem, you You're have, tapping it. Absolutely. You have some response. I, I have a personal story I can tell you, and I didn't, thank goodness, hit a child, but I hit my husband. <laughs> he was on the tractor. Was that intentional? No. <laughs> Poor husband. He was on our tractor cutting the grass, and I never looked. I saw him to the side of me when I got in the car, didn't realize he had come into the driveway to make the sweep, and I backed right up into him. And I heard bump, and he's sitting there, and he's like, I hit the front of them. Thank God he was on a big enough tractor, but I smashed the headlight, smashed the top of the tractor. And, you know, I know my poor husband. And he's still married. He's to you. still married to me. I'm 35 years <laughs> later, the poor thing. But, you know, even us, you know, think about, you know, God forbid, if I were going quickly, I could have really hurt him. And you know, that's really we just key. need to watch. Slow in, down. In in everything you do, in yeah. all driving, you know, wear, wear a seatbelt. Right. Do not consume alcohol or drugs. Sounds really silly, but many people misjudge their alcohol tolerance. Yeah. or think they just had one it's or true. two drinks. 
that's one or two too many. Yeah, absolutely. And then drive slowly. And then be careful and make sure there are no children within sight. If there are children running around the plane in the back, yeah. you know, in the front yard, physically count how many of them. Wow, are that's away. a good point. Yeah, I, I would count. count. I came from a family of six. I'm used to Wow. So we count. Yeah. They, there were four kids, just like chaperones in the school trip. Yeah. They're always counting. Right. So you so see three. True. Where's the fourth one? Where's the fourth kid? Are they behind your car? Yeah, Perhaps. you never know. And you know, this time of year, the kids are running around. They're playing. They're not paying attention. You know, and it's scary enough for the kids in the road. But in a driveway, there's so many issues with with kids. You know, and I just thought we'd throw that out there just to make people more mindful. And just go very slowly. So we gave out a ton of tips tonight. I think we did. We absolutely did. So if you had, in closing, to throw out a couple of things to our audience to remember from tonight's talk, although you will be able to listen to us on our iTunes podcast. So if you missed anything or you think you want to go back and listen, please go on to iTunes and and, uh, download Medically Speaking, and you'll be able to hear. In a couple of days, we'll upload this so people will be able to hear it again, and you can always get to it on our St. Mary's Hospital website. But if you had a couple of things so in closing summer is a beautiful time here be safe learn how to swim Mm. stay indoors during the midday drive safely Mm. reduce or eliminate alcohol when engaged in water sports Mm. and definitely not when driving Mm. and definitely watch your children watch your children watch your children love your children love your children watch your children children. and we will look to the new area in the emergency room very excited and i know you are bringing some incredible new ideas to our emergency room well we're excited about taking even better care of our population our patients and we're doing a phenomenal job but we we want to get them seen faster right make sure they come to us for their all their emergency care needs or to our urgent cares and um, make sure they get the best service that's our well, goal doc, well thank you so much for coming oh, and we're gonna have welcome, you come back Robin. We're I will come definitely. Back anytime oh this yeah now that great. you know what to expect right yeah this is wonderful so thank you so much for having me oh you're welcome and because we threw out our urgent care centers I want to make sure everybody knows where our urgent care centers are so we have our urgent care center down in Naugatuck in the cross um, crossbow plaza and we have our urgent care our newest urgent care center um, on West Main Street directly across from CVS and we have our urgent care center um, we're gonna have a new urgent care center actually in Cheshire and that's going to be opening up on route 10 kind of further down almost near uh, 691 directly across um, from Paul's luncheonette you could see it from there and our other urgent care center is located on in Wolcott on route 69 so we have we're going to have four locations coming this fall for you to go to but go during this summer certainly visit our Naugatuck Waterbury or a Wolcott urgent care center and you can find them on our website so Johnny's telling me I need to wrap this up so I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight uh, this is Robin Sills medically speaking and I will be with you again Friday morning at 9 30 which we will have Lisa Oliveira APRN from urology specialist and we will be talking about overactive bladders have a great night take care Thank <music> you.